Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 161, 11 web pages your podcast needs and how to create them. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and pursuing success. Your podcast needs a website. I hope you know that by now. And your website needs several different parts to it. What I'm finding when looking at podcast websites is that the ones that really succeed, like the major podcasts with hundreds of thousands of listeners, tend to have the same kinds of pages. And businesses that are also finding success have the same kinds of pages and certain pages in certain places and certain content on those pages. And I think that you as a podcaster can also have these pages that will not only help your audience grow because of what some of these pages will do for you, but they can also present your podcast as a more professional endeavor. It can open up the opportunity for you to get sponsors Or it can just let people know a little bit more about your podcast and make it easier for them to get to your podcast and consume it. So I've got 11 web pages for your podcast. Now, these aren't just email addresses and URLs like I've shared in a previous episode, but these are specific pages that you should have on your website in different areas, maybe linked from different menus. But number one is homepage, obviously. I'll talk more about that and all of these in a moment. Number two, an about page. Number three, getting started page. Number four, contact or feedback page. Number five, a podcast page. Number six, a blog page. Number seven, a resources page. Number eight, a sponsor or donate page. Number nine, a press page. Number 10, a privacy policy page, and number 11, a sitemap page. These are all different pages that, depending on the kind of content you produce, some of these may not be applicable to you at all, and depending on how you want to podcast, but I do recommend these for most podcasts out there that you have these 11 pages. So let's go through these in detail. Number one, your homepage. If your homepage, now I know you're probably thinking, I've got a homepage, I don't need to hear about this, but if your website homepage, when I enter the name of your podcast and I click in Google or I enter your your URL or I click the link from some podcast app that takes me to your site, whatever your site's main landing page is, is your homepage and just that domain when you enter it. But if that homepage is simply a list of your most recent content, blog posts, podcast episodes, and all of that. If it's just that list, like you see with so many blog sites out there, I would say you're really missing a huge opportunity. And in fact, I wouldn't even really call it a homepage because it's just an archive page. Your homepage is an archive page. It's not really a great homepage. It's not taking advantage of that space where people would be coming to this site to find out more about you, to subscribe, to get some of your content. So a great homepage, I think, will have several different pieces, but it boils down to basically these five for you as a podcaster. Information about your show, strong visual branding, and this is, yeah, your whole site needs to have strong visual branding, but especially on your homepage. This is the opportunity to wow them with the design and simplify how much content you're sharing with them. So strong visual branding, prominent subscription links. I have a plugin to do that. A call to action of some sort. If you have something other than subscribe to your podcast as your call to action, like your email newsletter list, buy a product, visit your conference, anything like that, that kind of call to action other than your podcast subscription link. And a short archive. So if your homepage has these five things on it, then I think you're really taking advantage of that page. There are many different ways to get this kind of stuff on your page, but some basic tools that I'll list for you, and each of these 11 pages that I'll share with you have tools for creating these pages. And you can check that out in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 161 and follow along there if you'd like. So the tools for creating a great homepage are, first of all, get a great WordPress theme. 
I highly recommend a theme that has a widgetized homepage. That is that when you go into the appearance widgets section inside of WordPress, you'll see several special widget areas that only show up on the homepage. So the homepage has been widgetized so that it has widgets in certain areas. Sometimes this will be in combination with a regular archive of your content. Sometimes this will completely replace the regular archive of your content. So this would be your opportunity to put in certain widgets into just the homepage, like your newsletter subscription widget or your podcast subscription widgets with my plugin, subscribe and follow icons, or your call to action, or maybe a short archive, maybe a big picture that shows your latest episode or a welcome video, anything like that, the information about your show, stuff that you want to show on the homepage in these little widgets. And it can be really easy to manage with a good WordPress theme that has a widgetized homepage. The only WordPress theme I now recommend, or a suite of themes, are those from StudioPress. Please check them out at theaudacitypodcast.com slash studiopress, or I have that link in the show notes for this episode. I highly recommend their themes. They are very well designed. Almost all of them now, I think, are mobile-friendly, and many of them, if not most of them, have a widgetized homepage that allows you to set up these certain widgets on just the homepage. They work out really well. I love them. They're beautiful. They're great for podcasters because it's a great looking theme. That's really all you need for a podcast theme is a great looking theme. So check that out. The link is in the show notes for this episode, number 161. Also, my own plugin, Social Subscribe and Follow Icons, which you can get at subscribeandfollow.com or in the show notes for this episode, that allows you to create attractive subscribe or follow links or buttons for your site. So when you visit any of my podcast websites, you see the prominent subscribe and iTunes button, and then the other icons for other ways that you can subscribe or follow that podcast or me in different social networks like Twitter, RSS, a podcast-only RSS feed, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, I'll have new icons coming out for the the plugin soon, like Spreaker will soon be on there. iHeartRadio is already on there, and several other icons and the list continues to grow and there are some cool updates that I'm trying to push out as quickly as possible before everyone's first one-year subscription expires. But that's at subscribeandfollow.com if you want to check that out. I highly recommend that. You don't have to use my plugin. You could use some other free plugin out there. But the main thing is have those subscription links very, very prominently on your front page. Also, if you're working with a widgetized front page that doesn't have your episode or your post listings by default, then you need some way of getting those post listings in there. This could be with some kind of post list plugin or a feature widget plugin that allows you to have a slider or maybe just the most recent image. If you're using the StudioPress themes, they come with these widgets built in that you can have a featured post list widget or a featured page list widget and work with these in really cool ways. And I've worked with them on many different themes I've done and they work so beautifully. You can even get enhanced versions of these plugins that give you even more power over how that list is displayed of your recent content. But those few tools, and you can get those links in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 161, those tools will allow you to create a better homepage for your podcast so that your homepage is not just an archive page. Because if it is, it's not really a homepage. It's not a front page to your content. It would be like a book cover if the book cover was actually the first chapter of the book or the table of contents of the book was all that the book cover is. That's what having an archive page as your homepage is kind of like in the website world. So that's number one a homepage. Number two, an about page. This is the most popular page on most websites because when people visit a website, they may check out some of your content. They may come into your homepage. They may come into one of your episodes or one of your static pages. And one of the first questions that people have when they get to your content or consume your content is, who is this? Why should I trust them? What are they all about? What is the site about? What kind of other content is on this site? And the about page will be the most popular page, aside from your homepage, 
on your site. This is what I've seen on my own site with my own analytics that I use in Google Analytics. I see when I cut out the popular episodes I've had in the past that I've that have been heavily linked to in many other places, and I just look at the pages on my site. The about page is the second most visited page on my site underneath the home page because that would be people who come to the site and then want to find out what am I about. So your about page doesn't have to be a whole history about you and about your podcast, why you started, what your inspiration was. It could have some of that, but have some kind of summary there too. Have a compelling description of your show, maybe short biographies of each of your hosts, or even just a tagline of each of your hosts. List who your hosts are. Have some good headshots for each of these. You could just duplicate your iTunes description and put that here, but try to make it a bit more compelling and also bring into this the fact that the people reading this about page may not know that you're a podcast. They might not know how to subscribe to a podcast, whereas in iTunes, they're already looking at a podcast, so you can assume a little bit more. Here on your website, you can't assume that. So some of the tools that you need for this, well, really, you can make this with WordPress, but some of the extra stuff that I recommend that you get for this is your podcast cover art. This would be a great place to put this. Even if your site is designed to look like your podcast cover art, where it has the same colors, the same fonts, the same logos, the same branding, all of that, having your podcast cover art in that square image form can still be great here because it's an extra image and it fits and it is the podcast image form of your branding. Also have some great headshots of you and your co-hosts if you have co-hosts because that way people, people can put a face with the voice especially if you're not doing a video podcast. They'll hear the voice, but they want to see you. This is great when you go to conferences because people will recognize you even before they hear your voice. Sometimes it's the other way around for us as podcasters. Also, consider some representative photos of your podcast. And that could be maybe it's you and your co-host recording an episode. Maybe it's one of you with your equipment setting something up interviewing someone really famous you got to interview, going somewhere awesome, something like that that represents the personality of your podcast and shows a little bit more about your podcast, not just your logo and your head, but something else a bit more. Show the team, show something fun you got to do, show some of the community feedback you've gotten, like postcards or stickers or toys or anything like that that you've gotten. Some kind of representative photos that tell a little bit more about the story of your podcast and of you as hosts. So that's number two, your about page. Number three, a getting started page. If your site teaches something, then When people come to your site, they're in a way kind of like students, and they may be a bit overwhelmed when they get to your site because they'll see all of this content that is most likely in chronological order with the most recent item first. When you come to the Audacity to Podcast, for example, you may be interested in learning how to podcast. So you look at the page and you look at the archive portion of the page and you see the most recent episodes. Well, that doesn't really tell you where do you start? How do you actually start podcasting? It doesn't quite answer that question of what's the order that I should go through this if I'm a new listener or if I'm just getting into this industry and I don't even have a podcast yet. The same applies for just about any other kind of teaching thing where you are providing information that you want to improve people's lives, their businesses, whatever it is. Have a getting started page that could show them, this is step one, listen to these episodes or this episode, then go to this episode, then this one, then this one. Or it could be segmented into categories. Like on my site, I have different categories for the content, like stuff about your website, stuff about monetizing your content, how to promote your podcast, because I cover these things in many different episodes, and my episodes aren't each Episode one is step one, episode two is step two. It's not like that. So have a getting started page. You might not need this if you're not teaching something. But if you are teaching something, have a getting started page. Even if you're not, think about what could a getting started page do for you. Maybe if, well, especially if you tell stories, 
Maybe your getting started page would set the foundations for your characters. Maybe it would be your first episode where the story started or a quick review of where the story has come so far. Maybe it's just a list of your most popular episodes where people can really get to know you and get to know some of your inside jokes that you've carried throughout episodes. Side note, I don't recommend carrying inside jokes through episodes. Yes, it can be fun, but don't let that happen a whole lot because if you do, it alienates the people who don't know or forgot what the inside joke is about. Just keep that in mind. An easy tool for creating a getting started page is, well, just use WordPress and type in the links write a post. It could be some paragraphs. It could be actual step one, step two, step three, or it could just be links to specific tutorials that you think are good for a getting started perspective. But a way that you can do this that makes it a little bit easier is the plugin advanced post list for WordPress. It's a free plugin that allows you to list posts by category, keyword, and much more. So it's really helpful for making a list of posts and then having that list automatically update. For example, if I use the keyword step one on certain posts that I believe are relevant to step one, then I use advanced post list to put with a short code, which is just some special code surrounded by square brackets inside of a post. doesn't have to be in the text version. It can be in the visual version. But if I put that special short code in there and I tell it, grab the posts that have the keyword step one, then it will list whatever posts I have now that are tagged with step one and any post I make in the future that also includes the tag step one will also be included in this list and updated. Sometimes you might have to refresh your cache for this kind of stuff to show up, but usually it ends up working out pretty well. So that's the advanced post list plugin. That's in the WordPress repository or you can get the link in the show notes for this episode, episode 161. That's number three, a getting started page. Number four, a contact or feedback page. You know one of my pet peeves is podcasters not making it easy for their audience to contact them. So make it easy for your audience or, get this, potential sponsors, people with money who want to give you money to contact you. So your contact page should have your email address, your phone number, your mailing address, a contact form, and maybe even audio feedback. Tools for this, maybe you know this by now because I've mentioned them so many times, but if you want to put your email address on a page, please don't do the thing where it's something like feedback, square bracket, A with circle around it, square bracket, the domain you're currently looking at, square bracket, dot, square bracket, com. That, whenever I see that, that says, do not email me. I don't care about your feedback, your thoughts, anything. Don't email me. Use the plugin CryptX. That's C R Y P T X. That will encrypt your email address so that spam bots can't read it, but humans can. And it makes it clickable so that a human can click on the email address and it launches their default email program. So it makes it very easy for people to email you that way. If you need a phone number for your podcast and you're not comfortable giving out your personal phone number, then consider something like Google Voice, which is currently free. That's at google.com slash voice. Link in the show notes as well. This will allow you to have a phone number that you could have forward to your phone Or you can have it go just straight to voicemail. Like my podcast voicemail line, 903-231-2221, is a Google Voice number that goes directly to voicemail. It doesn't get forwarded to anything else right now. But I do have a business phone number that is also a Google Voice number. Hint, you may recognize it from past episodes of the Audacity to Podcast. The reason I changed is because that number actually spells out DJD IDEA. And my business is D. Joseph Design. I thought it was cute at one point. So have a Google Voice number to be able to put a phone number on your site. Also, if, if you need to have a mailing address, which can be really great in case your fans want to send you cool stuff, put a mailing address there. I can understand if you want to protect your home address. And if you don't have a business address for your podcast... 
like you're not podcasting for your business and you can't just receive mail at your business for your podcast, then get a P.O. box. They're really not that expensive. I think I'm paying $26 for every six months. And the price varies for your area, for the size of the P.O. box. But it's really not that much for a P.O. box for your podcast. And then that's something that you can share freely and receive mail to. I have received all kinds of crazy things to our P.O. box. Lots of fun stuff for our podcast. Like our podcasters have sometimes sent cash donations. They've sometimes sent chocolate, which my wife loves. They've sometimes, because we've requested it like this, sent chocolate wrapped in a cash donation. The craziest thing we've ever received for our podcast was someone sent feedback, their funny story and funny stuff that they wanted to share with us on a big bouncy ball. Crazy stuff, but it's great to be able to provide a mailing address. And also, uh, if you want a contact form, the top plugin I recommend for making any kind of form, really, is Gravity Forms. I have an affiliate link in the show notes. And Gravity Forms makes making a form so easy. There is the plugin that's free, Contact Form 7. And it can make a basic contact form, sure, but it's a little bit complicated and starts getting really annoying to work with if you need anything other than a basic contact form. There are other plugins too, like Jetpack provides a contact form and so on. But I think Gravity Forms is the best plugin for making any kind of form. A feedback form, especially, because you can make, if they select one podcast or the other from your site, you can make the feedback go to a specific email address. This is what I use on my own sites, where, for example, maybe the contact form is sponsorship inquiry or general feedback. If it's sponsorship inquiry, it goes to one address. If it's general feedback, it goes to a different one. Gravity Forms is beautiful for that, and I love it. I think it's one of my favorite plugins for WordPress, Gravity Forms. The audacity to podcast.com slash, you can probably guess it, Gravity Forms, or the link is in the show notes. If you want to be able to receive audio feedback, then SpeakPipe, I think, is the best way to do that. And I've got a link in the show notes or just the audacity to podcast.com slash SpeakPipe. That will allow you to receive audio recordings sent right through your website, and it works on iOS devices as well. So that's number four, your contact or feedback page. Make it as easy as possible for your audience to contact you and especially for potential sponsors to contact you. Because wouldn't you hate it if someone had a bunch of money they wanted to give you for your podcast, but they decided to go somewhere else because they couldn't figure out how to contact you? Wouldn't that be terrible? Don't let that happen. Make it easy. So have a contact or feedback page. That's number four. Number five, have a podcast page. This sounds a little odd because I'm talking about having a web page or a website for your podcast and the pages for your podcast. So it may seem a little bit redundant to have a podcast page, but this is especially important if your site has a lot of other content on it, whether it be a store or business pages or blog posts, but having A podcast page, even if your site is only for your podcast, the podcast page can really help because for one thing, it puts the word podcast in your navigation so people recognize, oh, there's a podcast associated with this website I'm currently on. And this also provides the opportunity for maybe further calls to action for subscribing to your podcast site or podcast feed and also listing just the podcast episodes and not your blog posts and content from other portions of your site. So this page could just be a category archive. And by the way, if you set up a category for your podcast episodes, you don't have to use Blueberry's category podcasting feature. That's really only for if you're running multiple podcasts from a single website. But if you do set up a category for your podcast episodes, and I do recommend doing that, I suggest having the category slug set to something like podcast-archive or podcast-episodes instead of just podcast. The reason for this is that Blueberry PowerPress and maybe even your own goals might need slash podcast for something else. 
So make your category feed be slash podcast episodes or something like that. And that will free up slash podcast for other things. So it could just be an archive of every post that's in that category. But what could be even more effective is if this page has not just the archive, but also some information about your podcast, maybe the cover art for your podcast, subscription links for your podcast, and the list of recent episodes, or maybe some featured episodes, like these are our most popular episodes, or check out these amazing guests we've recently had on, and highlighting some content separate from everything else. So some tools to create this are, again, a great WordPress theme with something like StudioPress. I highly recommend the StudioPress themes. They work really well for this. You could get into customizing your WordPress theme to give you even more control over this. I know that Thesis, which I don't really recommend anymore, but Thesis is a pretty good theme too. I have an affiliate link for them. Slash Thesis is that link. But Thesis can take a description and put that in a category pretty easily. But Genesis can do some of this kind of stuff too. So it's a matter of how much work do you want to do? How do you want the site to look? But a great WordPress theme will make styling your category pages a lot easier. But your category page could just be that link to your podcast episodes archive. And that would probably be something like the URL, yourdomain.com slash category slash, and then whatever the slug is for that category. And that's what your menu can link to if you're creating your own menus on your WordPress site. This is another instance where the advanced post list plugin for WordPress works really well because you can list posts by a category, by a keyword, or by anything else. You can list just some specific posts by ID number and much more. So this can give you the opportunity to have that list of either the most recent episodes, featured episodes, whatever it might be that you want to do. And again, my own plugin, Subscribe and Follow, will allow you to create those calls to action for people to subscribe to your podcast, get the RSS feed, get the podcast only RSS feed, follow you on Twitter, get the feed in Stitcher and all of those other social networks and give you opportunities to create special featured buttons for some of these too. I'll have a screenshot in the show notes of a page I created for someone that hosts multiple editions of their podcast and how we're using subscribe and follow on their page in order to link to all of their different podcasts, as well as the Genesis uh, featured post widgets on these pages and more. So that will be in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 161. So that's number five, a podcast page. Number six, similar to your podcast page, a blog page. If you ever publish blog content, that is content, written content, that is not a podcast episode, you should have some kind of blog page. This, again, could be very similar to your podcast page, but it doesn't have to have all of the subscription links, all of the calls to action, the cover art, and all of that. This can be a lot simpler, and it could just be the archive page of just your blog content. So tools for creating this would be, again, a good WordPress theme that makes these kinds of archive pages look well. You could use just the WordPress category pages, like slash category slash whatever the slug is for the category you're using, or make a page yourself with the advanced post list plugin for WordPress. That's number six, a blog page. Number seven, resources page. Even if you don't sell something, a resources page can be a great opportunity for you to list stuff that your audience will want to know about or want to purchase, especially those items that you mention a lot. Try to get affiliate links for all of these items that you have and refer people to and recommend. That way you have the potential of earning money off of these things. And you may not call it a resources page. It could be anything really related to your content, like resources or gear, links, tools, recommendations, affiliates, anything like that that helps indicate what that is and that applies to your content and your audience. For example, on my site, I have a gear page because a lot of people want to know about what kind of podcasting gear am I using, or I could call it equipment. 
on one of our other sites, we have a resources page where we recommend specific resources related to the topic of that site. So the tools for creating this are affiliate memberships. It's not really a tool, but it's something you should have for creating this page. It's not mandatory that you have an affiliate relationship and certainly know the laws in your state about affiliate commissions and such, but at least get an amazon.com affiliate account and also look into joining Commission Junction, which allows you to join many different affiliate accounts like Bluehost and HostGator and GoToMeeting and Audible and many other things like that are in there so that you can join many different affiliate programs from one single account. Use those links then on your site. Anything you list on that page, try to use an affiliate program, but don't limit yourself to only include links that are affiliate links. Don't do that unless your only goal is to make money, but list stuff that you mentioned that may not have affiliate links. Also, what would be very helpful for this page is Pretty Link or Pretty Link Pro. This allows you to create easy affiliate URLs, like instead of using bluehost.com slash whatever for my affiliate URL, I have theaudacitypodcast.com slash bluehost. So that's really easy for me to say, and it's easy for my listeners to remember if I mention it in a podcast, and it's easy for me to remember if I have to type that into show notes or into a page. I can also track the usage of that short URL by looking at how many times has it been used, how many times has it been clicked, where did people click on it from, or did they just type it directly? And if you get Pretty Link Pro, which I do highly recommend, I really like Pretty Link Pro, and I have an affiliate link in the show notes for this episode, number 161, it also allows you to create automatic hyperlinks for certain keywords. Like in this post where you see it say Pretty Link Pro, I didn't hyperlink that myself. That is hyperlinked by Pretty Link Pro, which is really meta. But I set it up to say anytime I type the keywords Pretty Link Pro, automatically hyperlink that with my affiliate URL, which is theaudacitypodcast.com slash prettylinkpro, that then points to whatever the full affiliate URL is. If you're using the Amazon affiliate program, then two plugins I recommend. Easy Azon, which is a premium plugin, and I do have an affiliate link for that in the show notes as well, and Amazon Link. Both of them work really well and have the same goal, and that is to make it easier for you to create Amazon affiliate links while you're creating a page or post. You can insert images, make widgets, make your plain text links. I think Easy Azon does it a little bit better and a little bit more intelligently and has some cool ways of, both of these have ways of nationalizing or localizing your links. So if you have a UK affiliate link, then it will use that for people who are coming from the UK and your US link or your Canadian link for people who are coming from those different countries. So that's number seven, your resources page. Number eight, a sponsor or donate page. If you want donations or sponsorships, you need to take it seriously enough to be able to have a page to promote it. So this could be when you tell your listeners, hey, if you're interested in donating to the podcast, please visit mypodcast.com slash donate. It's an easy page, but also this as a menu item on your site allows sponsors and other people to see that you're taking your podcast seriously and you're providing an outlet for them to be able to find out how to sponsor your content. So if you're pursuing sponsorships, make sure this page includes some basics about your show. It's okay if you replicate some of the information from your about page, but make it a little bit more concise because potential sponsors are pretty busy. So you're not trying to convert them into subscribers. You're trying to tell them about your show, about your content, about your audience. So include that on this page. Don't try and push them to sponsor. I mean, don't try and push them to subscribe. You want to push them to sponsor. So tell them something about your audience, maybe some of your basic demographic information, if you've been able to obtain that. And if you have a podcast media kit, put that link right here, where it would be information about your stats, your audience demographics in more detail, and anything like that that they could download and print in a possible PDF format. Or maybe you just put that information public on the site. 
Also important for this page is have a contact form so it's easy for the sponsor to contact you. So repeat your contact information, your phone number, your email address, and a specialized specific contact form for them to use. If you're using donations for your podcast, then make sure that you have the buttons and forms for people to be able to donate. I recommend giving them the option of either a one-time donation or ongoing automatic donations. The tools for creating this are PayPal, makes it really easy to accept payments online, and it works great for donations. You can even use PayPal to create your donation buttons. And Gravity Forms, again, the best plugin for making any kind of form, especially donation forms, subscription, uh, or sponsorship forms. I use this on my own site, oncepodcast.com, for our donation form that allows people to select which podcast they want to donate to, how many episodes they want to sponsor, what kind of donation sponsorship they want to do, if they want it to be one-time or automatic, and eventually I'll give the payment choice of either PayPal or credit card information. But if you want to be able to take credit cards on your site, that's a whole different matter that you have to have a special account, you have to have a security certificate for your site, so it starts to get a bit more complicated with that. If you get Gravity Forms to make a form on your site for sponsorships and donations, you'll probably need to upgrade to the developer license of Gravity Forms because that's what you need in order to use the PayPal add-ons as well as many of their other add-ons that may be applicable in this case. But if you're planning to do this in order to allow people to give you money, then paying the money to get the plugin shouldn't really be that much of a problem. My Gravity Forms license is up for renewal and I will definitely be renewing it because the plugin makes me money. Really, it does. I wouldn't be able to receive these donations so well from different podcasts if it wasn't for the plugin that makes it so much easier for people to donate. So that's number eight, sponsor or donate page. Number nine, a press page. This is your opportunity to show off where you've been mentioned, and any interviews you've given, like guest appearances on other podcast episodes. This is also a great place for a press kit for your podcast. And I think far too many websites in general, businesses, companies, services, podcasts, blogs, far too many are lacking a press kit. Information that then I or someone else could use to promote that podcast, or to write an article about it. So some stuff that I think your press page should have on it is a high-resolution photo of you, your co-hosts, your recording sessions, maybe some of these other representative photos of the personality of your podcast, stuff that you would be comfortable with other people using if they write you up in a magazine or an article on their site, anything like that. Your podcast cover art in high-resolution form is also great here. Any kind of brand imagery that you have for your podcast or for your business, like your logo, think of what would make a cool wallpaper for your podcast. And that could be a great thing to do on your press page, an attractive way of displaying your logo or some kind of brand imagery or effect that you have. Think also of what would your site look like If you designed it with absolutely no content and only the design and the logo, that could be like this branding imagery. But also, speaking of your logo, provide your logo in transparent PNG or EPS formats. PNG is a format that would be your logo. It's uh, pixelated, but it would be your logo with no background. So they could put it on a white background, a black background, transparent over something else. It works great for that. An EPS format is kind of similar, but EPS is a vector format. So it's completely scalable. They can blow it up to any size and it never loses its sharpness to it. But provide both of these formats for two different versions of your logo, at least two different versions. One that works on a dark background and one that works on a light background. So this could be four versions in total, a dark and light version in both PNG and EPS. Plus, include any additional versions of your logo that you think you would like people to use. Like maybe you want it to have 
your icon and not have your icon. Maybe you need a tall version and a wide version or a square version, anything like that, where you're providing different options for people to use. Or what's often popular nowadays are circle versions. The Audacity to Podcast cover art does not work in a circle. And there's a podcast player out there, and I'm not going to even mention their name because I hate that they do this, but they will put your podcast cover art in a circle, which looks terrible. Most podcast cover art is not designed to be displayed in a circle. It's ridiculous that they do it. I hate that they do that. But if you want to provide people with the option of displaying your logo in a circle, consider doing that. I have a circle version of the Audacity to Podcast cover art for those times when it needs to be in a circle. Stuff is a bit more centered and spaced a bit differently in the design. Also, for your press information, include your contact information. Again, that way if someone wants to interview you or they want to uh, contact you about writing you up in an article or mentioning your uh, show or something about you in something that they're working on, provide that information here. Don't make them hunt through different pages of your site before they find that information. Provide it very conveniently for them. Some great tools for creating this kind of press page would be the As Heard On plugin. This is by my friend Dustin Hartzler of YourWebsiteEngineer.com. He created this plugin for podcasters, and he's a podcaster himself. And it's for showing off the other podcasts that you've been on. So this provides you the opportunity to put in their podcast cover art. It gives you a widget you can use anywhere on your site, as well as a way of making a page that lists the different shows you've been on. So this is kind of the press information that you have. You could do you, you could use the same plugin for any other kind of press coverage you've received. Like maybe you've been written up in articles, or you could just put that in your plain text content of your post. Again, if you want to have a contact form, Gravity Forms, the best plugin for making any kind of form. Have some great headshots on here. So hire a professional photographer or a friend who takes really good photos. Don't just use your iPhone unless you need something desperately urgently and then stand in front of a bright window so you get something really nicely lit and a clean background. But still, try and get a a good photographer to take some headshots for you. Adobe Illustrator is the best program, I think, for making vector logos, like the EPS format where you can scale it and it doesn't lose quality. But there are many other programs to do this. The same thing with making PNG or JPEG images Photoshop can work great for this, or Illustrator, and there are many, many other programs that can manipulate images and help you to design these special images for your show. So that's number nine, a press page. Number 10, privacy policy page. If you accept any kind of content from your audience, this could be comments on your website. It could be something in your forms. It could be email that they're sending you, phone calls, voicemails, anything like that. Anything where you let your audience send you something, you should have a privacy policy. We talked about this in our episode with Gordon Firemark back in episode 79 about privacy policies through your or on your site that state what you will and won't do with the information people provide. Because realize when people contact you, and even if you don't let them contact you, it would still be good to have a privacy policy on your site because you might be using analytics that tracks them in some certain way. So your privacy policy should cover all of this kind of stuff. Like what do you do with their phone number? If they call your voicemail, you might have their personal cell phone number. What are you going to do with that? If they email you, if they visit your site and comment, you probably have their IP address. What are you going to do with this information? How are you going to protect it? What are you going to allow to have access to it? Or how are you going to protect it so it's not shared? Have that in a privacy policy. You could write this yourself, or you could use a tool like freeprivacypolicy.com or privacypolicyonline.com. Both of these sites make it very easy for you to create privacy policies. But two warnings that come with these sites. Go through the text that they give you and clean up any kind of hidden links on it. I think it was freeprivacypolicy.com that I used once. And I discovered that down at the bottom, they had a hidden link that they styled so it didn't look like a link but it was hidden for them to try and build some Google juice in order to get more people coming to their site. 
So look for these little hidden links that they give you in the text. And also, be prepared for extra spam after you use these sites. So maybe you use a discardable email address when you create your privacy policy because these privacy policy generators don't keep your email address private, which is really ironic, isn't it? So have a privacy policy on your site, and I recommend that for nearly any site, especially if you're collecting any kind of information from your visitors or from your audience. And number 11, a sitemap. Now, your sitemap, you may be thinking, oh, that's the thing I submit to Google or Bing or Yahoo. That's the XML file. And you should have one of those. And certain plugins are available for creating the sitemap XML. But this is more something for humans to be able to view the content that's on your site. It can be a simple web page that lays out what kind of static information that you have on your site. Now, this doesn't have to be a complete listing of every single past episode, but it should be at least a map of all of the pages on your site so that someone could possibly search this. Or if they can't remember where a particular page is in your menus, this is a quick way to see it. Some tools for creating this kind of sitemap, a sitemap page. Uh, two free tools in the WordPress plugin repository are page-list and WP sitemap page. Both of these links are in the show notes. This allows you to create a hierarchical page of your different pages on your site. So you can say you want to display all of the pages that are child pages of your podcast page or of your forum page, or you want to display this listing. So different ways of creating a sitemap page, but very helpful. And this also helps your Google search engine ranking a little bit more because you're linking to all of this content. This isn't your XML file. Remember that this isn't the thing that Google actually reads to index your site, but it is still something that can help your search engine ranking a little bit. So once again, these 11 web pages your podcast needs are number one, the home page. Optimize it. Don't just have a category archive. Number two, an about page. Number three, a getting started page. Number four, a contact or feedback page. Number five, a podcast page. Number six, a blog page. Number seven, a resources page. Number eight, a sponsor or donate page. Number nine, a press page. Number 10, a privacy policy page. And Number 11, a sitemap page. Check out the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 161. And I'd love to hear from you. Which of these pages are you using? Are there certain tools that you found really helpful in creating some of these pages? Let's turn this into a resource. And I will certainly update this page with other tools that you can use. So the resources I've mentioned here in the podcast may not be the only tools I recommend. If you're listening to this podcast later, Be sure to check the show notes for the latest tools and links that I recommend for helping you generate each of these pages. There are cool, two really cool announcements that I have to share with you. One is there is now a podcast conference by podcasters for podcasters all about podcasting. New Media Expo is great. I love New Media Expo and I will continue to support it. But it's a mix of blogging, podcasting, web TV, and other social media stuff like Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, all of that. But Podcast Movement is a new conference that you can check out at podcastmovement.com that will be only about podcasting. Yes, you'll see Cynthia Sanchez speaking there, but she'll be talking about promoting your podcast with Pinterest. So it's still about podcasting. I'll be speaking there as well. I don't know yet what I'll be speaking on. I'm really excited, though, in the planning process. This conference will be in Addison, Texas, which is near Dallas, on August 16th and 17th, 2014. Check it out at podcastmovement.com and register as early as you can to be able to get that early bird pricing. I really look forward to seeing you there if you can make it. And this looks like it could be something great. The way that they're doing this right now is selling tickets through Kickstarter, a crowdfund campaign. And the project was fully funded in eight hours. And now they're just collecting more on top of that and selling more and more tickets. So this looks like it will be a fantastic conference. I'm really excited about this. I didn't mention it last time because I was a little hesitant deciding 
do I want to go to this or is it going to be too expensive? But I have decided I've committed to going. I'm really looking forward to being there. That's podcastmovement.com for more information about that. Also launching and having launched just this weekend is Pottertainment. It's a magazine, again, by podcasters and for podcasters. And it is by the same people who are producing Podcast Movement Conference. But Pottertainment will be a monthly magazine about podcasting from different perspectives. And it will have a core writing team for it and the opportunity for some guest writers. Check out the website at pottertainment.com. That's P-O-D-E-R-T-A-I-N-M-E-N-T. I have that link in the show notes. But it's kind of like the word entertainment, just without the E-N-T. Instead of E-N-T at the beginning, it's P-O-D. So podertainment.com. Check it out. I have an article in there already. I'm one of their regular columnists. And I'll be writing about how to improve your podcast in that magazine. So the first article is about the three things that may be preventing your podcast from growing its audience. I'm I'm excited about the article. I'm excited about this content. I'm looking forward to reading some of the other articles in the magazine as well. Check that out at podertainment.com. And all of these links and tools and everything I mentioned are in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 161. I'd love to hear from you, your experience working with these tools, your success with these different pages, maybe other pages that you think all podcasters should have and tools that you found helpful in creating these pages. Go to the show notes and let me know your perspective. The audacity to podcast.com slash 161 podcast masterclass is going really well. And if you'd like to sign up for the next class in May 2014, You can do so by registering at podcastmasterclass.com and use the promo code TAPLISTENER. Email me your suggestions and questions for future episodes. Feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221 or send a voice message right through the website. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the audacity to podcast.com. Thank you for listening. The audacity to podcast is a proud member of noodle mix network. Find more of our award-winning and award nominated podcast to make you think laugh and succeed at noodle.mx like you can laugh with our clean comedy theorize over tv shows like under the dome once upon a time once upon a time in wonderland marvel's agents of shield and something new will be rising possibly you can also learn how to get productive in your personal and professional life build your christian worldview critical thinking on movies and more to come over at noodle.mx the audacity to podcast is also a proud member of the tech podcast network if it's tech it's here Find more at techpodcasts.com.